0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at vkcwest.com. As we celebrate everything that happened in, in, you know, last year and whatever, we look into the new year and we say, Lord, more, more of you in our community, more of you in our church, more of you in Kansas City as well. Um, So today, as we talk about vision, um, vision's funny because, um, you never really hit your vision. Like vision is like the horizon. If you get there and you say, we've got our vision, we hit it, uh, you, then it's, then it's too small or it's really not vision. Cause vision is, vision is always kind of being able to see the future, kind of be able to look at things forward and, and say, that's where we're going. That's where we, where we want to head. Um, sometimes vision can come from past experiences. So in other words, man, I remember when I had this that's what I want. Or I remember when I saw that, or that person had this thing, that's what I want. And then we can kind of set our minds on that and say that that's where we head. I don't think we're supposed to do that, um, you know, tons in our individual lives and definitely not as a church um, with that, like always living on past experiences, but past experiences are powerful. Uh, like I, two powerful experiences in my life. One is uh, is a, is a young boy. We had, um, some property in central California where I'm from. And, uh, I, I remember going to the, to the, um, to the, um, why can't I remember the name of it? Um, to the place, to the place, you know, so the, uh, what's it called where you get plants and things? The, uh, the nursery, boy, this is going to go good. You're like, you guys should, you guys should just pray for me now. It's a good thing I don't communicate for a living, right? So, so when I, when I would go to the nursery and my mom and I would plant out the seeds for the different vegetables and flowers and things that we had in our garden. And uh, it was, just, we'd go do that and then we'd plant them. And then when things grew, we'd, we'd go harvest the things. And, uh, it was, it was just, I mean, so many things happened there. Like, you know, the, I remember the first rattlesnake that I saw, my dad, you know, just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, look at this thing. And my dad just kind of, you know, pulls out a shovel. <laughs> and, and it's just, and I'm just like, wow, this is so, so much happened in that garden. But can you imagine if I just said, well, that's what I want my life to be like, because that was a warm, fuzzy time that I look back to, like, I'd be living at my mom's house you know, and I'd be just in the garden all day, you know, like, is that what I build a life on? I don't think so. Uh, Another one, uh, my dad's 60th birthday, we, we brought my, my oldest son with us. He was a baby. My dad hadn't met him. So we brought him out to Virginia where my dad was living and, and, um, to meet him for the first time. He didn't know we were coming. It was a surprise. We knocked on the door and, and, you know, there's his grandson and, you know, so fun, but we, uh, for a 60th birthday, uh, he lived like out in Virginia, like old Virginia, where, you know, the Revolutionary War was fought and those things. And so they had hollows like, you know, which are roads back through there. And and uh, they had a party for him at this old apple barn you know where they'd harvest these apples and they had a bluegrass band and they went in through there and and I'm not a great dancer my dad is and his wife is and and so it was just it was just good there was great food great party i look at that like if i could just have a perpetual like party at the apple barn with the bluegrass band and, like i look at that like that's a good life right but Here's the deal. My dad doesn't live there anymore. You know, he lives in Colorado. And and you know, after a while, it's like, can you guys play a different tune? You know, just like you know. In other words, you just can't camp out at these experiences, even though I say I want my life to be like that. Well, um, as a church, uh, we are supposed to look at the New Testament in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Actually. In that way, we're supposed to look and say, "That's what I want. That's what we want." So, as, as we look at this this story of Jesus and his disciples, and we see what happens when when Jesus comes, we're supposed to look at that and say, "Let's be that. Like, let's do things that way." And so, um, what was it like? Uh, consider what happened, like in the community that Jesus lived in, because it was just people like us like, you know, working jobs, raising families, having careers. And then Jesus comes on the scene. So like what actually happened amongst the people? Um, there was people that were um, single. There was people that were married. There was people that were divorced. There was people that were widowed. There was people that considered themselves religious and some non-religious. There was some that were close to God. There was some that were, you know, considered far from God. Uh, I mean, those there was uh, people that had money. There was people that didn't have money. There was people that were you know, physically well, there was people that were physically sick, just all of that going on. And then you throw Jesus right in the middle. What was the result? Like, what's the result when you have Christ at the center of a community and people? Well, what happened was, is that progress started in all of the problems of the world. Like all of the things that we bring up today were problems back then. But as Jesus was the center those things actually started to be addressed and things changed. We see hints of it. Like if you just read the Gospels, the, the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the New Testament, this is actually what you see. Uh, you see uh, a community that's multi-ethnic and, and, and the barriers between races are brought down. Like the, the, the built-up barriers between races and ethnicities, you see those actually moved away as Christ is the center of that. Uh, you see multi-generational. You see generations have to treat each other differently and interact with each other differently because Jesus is at the center and he draws that into people and out of it. And, and so that's what you see in this community. You see multi um socioeconomic. So in other words, you, you had people that were considered rich and people that were considered poor, but as Jesus was the center, that faded away and true wealth had something different, was something different than how much money I had or didn't have. Um, <clears throat> you saw a, a community that, uh, that was <clears throat> multi-gender. In other words, um, there wasn't these, these, uh, you know, uh, these differences that were harmful based upon genders towards each other. Everyone had equal worth because they're created in the image of God. You see, the, the first followers of Jesus, many of them, the powerful leaders in there were women which was unheard of in that society. And so you see all of this happening with Jesus at the center. <clears throat> you see justice for the poor. You see the people that are outcasts all of a sudden brought into the center of not only relationship with God, relationship in the community. Um, <clears throat> you see a naturally, you see a person in Jesus and his disciples. Uh, you see a naturally supernatural way to live. So in other words, a lot of times when we think of supernatural, like the things that God would do that would break into this things of like we look at science and the rules and laws of things and something that's supernatural, we look at it's like it's got to be kind of, you know, uh this other thing, but with Jesus, we see Jesus go and he will go and he'll heal the sick and open the eyes of the blind or, or raise the dead or, or do these miracles, like these supernatural things that go against the laws that we look at and see things. And we say, well, that can't happen unless it's God. And then you see Jesus do that. And then what does he do? He doesn't just kind of float around and like never needs to recharge. He goes and takes a nap you know, or he goes and eats or he's many times you see that it says that Jesus was exhausted. And so he's partnering with his father and the Holy spirit to like do amazing things and set people free and cast out demons and stuff. And then what does he do afterwards? He goes and eats and he takes a nap and we see that picture. And that's something that we need to know that like, oh wow, like God can break into time and space through my life and, and use me like he used Jesus but it's not about being this superhero. It's like I can like, actually have weakness in the midst of strength, too. Um, God's door seemed wide open with Jesus. I mean, that's why people were drawn to him so much. It's just God seemed so close and so tangible. Um, there was real forgiveness as we read the New Testament. Like you see people that no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't get right with God. Not because they didn't want to, but because the people of God wouldn't let them. Right? Like, hey, I'm really sorry for the way I lived, and but you've condemned me to living this way. But with Jesus, he says to people, even caught in their worst moments, he says like, hey, you know, I forgive you, but go and sin no more. And he invites people like that into his community, into life with him. Um you see real relationship with God that's not based upon performance, but based upon one's orientation of their heart to God, the intent of their heart matching God's heart. So it's not based upon performance, how good you've been, how bad you've been. And that all happens with Christ at the center. You see healing of the whole person. Like there's this one time that you see these friends of a guy and and he has an infirmity and he's he's actually paralyzed in his body. and 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 they actually dig through a roof of a house and the house is packed. Like you can't move in here. And so they can't get in through the door. So they dig through the roof of the house and they lower their friend. I mean, who wouldn't want friends like that? they lower their friend down to Jesus and Jesus doesn't just heal him of his infirmities. But the first thing he says is he says, he says, he says, your sins are forgiven. And everybody freaks out. They're like, Whoa, who is this? Like who can forgive sins? But God ding, 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 ding. Winner winner chicken dinner. And he's pressing. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just, like, he like? it's kind of like, though, that's kind of how Jesus is. Like, Jesus, why? Like, look, you know what they want. You know what they need. Like, they want him to be able to function, and they want his body healthy again. But Jesus says, look, I'm not just into just dealing with the surface. I want to deal with the real person. And so he deals with the whole person. And then, and then he says to him, he, he, he says, you know, get up. The, and he heals them. And so he heals the whole person. We see that with Jesus over and over again. And so, so this is these are just some of the things that happen when Christ is the center of a community. So when we read the New Testament, and we see these things happen. I mean, doesn't that sound good? I mean, that's basically what the nightly news and all the politicians and everybody's talking about is like, hey, can we have that happen? And the only person that's been able to do it sustainably over a period of time and shown that motives are real and true and actually has the power to do it is Jesus Christ. And that's why the local church is so important within a community. Because the local church is really the hope of the world. Because that's who Jesus works in and through. He works in other ways, but the local church is his community that set up. And so this isn't... um, uh, a shock or a surprise to the people back then, all the things I described, because when Jesus actually started his ministry, he actually had a ministry for three years. He just that was the, His formal ministry was just three years long. And so when he actually set it up, um, he actually told people, this is what I'm here for, and this is what I'm going to do. And so it's a scripture we read often here because it's important. Luke chapter four, verse 14, this is what it says. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, and as was his custom, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he is anointed me. So in the scroll of Isaiah would have been what we call Isaiah chapter 61. Okay. We put those things in there so we can have addresses and find things, but he's applying this prophecy to himself. He's saying, this is who it was talking about and this is when it was talking about. And so it says to proclaim the good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so Jesus is a pretty bold guy, you know, and, but that's what he came for. And so you can look at and say, Hey, you know, what is a local church supposed to be and do? It's that. Because that's the mission that Jesus communicated and set out on. Now, the interesting thing is, is the follow up in Isaiah 61, which Luke doesn't include here. The follow up is, is that he says, now these people, so the, the, uh, um, the, the poor that the good news is told to, the captive, the blind, the oppressed that have been set free and receive sight and have good news told to them, they now will do the same to others. It actually says that there will be oaks of righteousness. So we have oaks when you drive up the drive here, right? These big oaks here, and they're solid. Righteousness is a right relationship with God and a right relationship with others. So the way God would have things to be. So it's telling what would happen through Jesus for generations upon generations upon generations is that these people that would have this done to them would now do that to others and they would share that. And so who's it talking about? It's talking about you. It's talking about the whosoevers like whosoever would believe in Jesus would now have this done to them, whatever they need, whatever is off, they would have that done to them. And then they would then go and do that to others. And so, my like my first experience with with Christians um was was like this. Like I talked about the food, but I mean that was just part of it. It was really the way that they loved me. Like, cause I knew, and, and most people do. Like, one of the biggest mistakes we can make as, as a church is to be the moral police, is to be like the judgment police. Because, like, as a as a 15-year-old kid, I knew how jacked up I was. Like, I knew I was hurting. I knew I had pain. I knew I was doing things that were unhealthy. I didn't know it was called sin, you know, but, you know, I didn't know. I just was doing all kinds of stuff. I knew that. And the amazing thing is, is what these people did is, is that they just loved me no matter what. And, and as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I want to know this Jesus that you worship. And and I saw them reading the Bible and I'm <clears throat> like, well, why are you reading the Bible? And then they taught me that. And then, and then <clears throat> they showed me how they loved others and how they, they prayed for the sick and how they, they, they shared uh, their, their resources with other people and did these things. And I'm like, this is amazing. I think this can change the world. And then they shared with me too, that my sins, um, that God's not holding them against me. And as somebody that went to the principal's office plenty. Like I'm just like, this is great, you know like there's there like there's no record you know that it's actually done it's it's actually washed away. I mean, this is really good, and so I bought in so as far as as far as a vineyard church, we have to ask you know like what's our unique expression? I brought that up. Well, our unique expression is 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 different than others. that's why it's unique. you know so what are the things for like a vineyard church, like how do we do what we talked about like? If we're like Jesus and we want to set the captives free and, and declare good news to the poor and those things, well, what do we need to do? Well, um, this guy right here, uh, is there by himself, but here's a few things. This like shares like, uh, John Wimber and others. And I got this, this graphic from the UK vineyards over in the UK and Ireland. And, um, it's called the vineyard man, the vineyard person. Okay. So the vineyard person, like, what are we all about? Well, the first thing, our foundation is the Bible. And so that's why when we gather, whether here in groups or other times, we open the Bible. The Bible is our foundation for everything that we do. It's our final authority. We believe that the Bible, uh, you know, is inspired by the Holy spirit. And so he, he spoke to over 40 writers over, over a period, over a thousand years. And we see this cohesive story from Genesis to revelation about God and his interactions with people and his efforts to redeem them and and make them right with him. We see his great love. And so the Bible is our authority. Now within the Bible, we actually see the kingdom of God. This is the biggest thing that Jesus talked about. He, he came and he, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. What's he saying? He's saying change directions. That's what repent means. Change directions because the real kingdom is here. Put it the way things are that God wants them to be. You know, That's the kingdom of God. It's his rule and his reign. So he's saying change directions. The real rule and reign is here. And any other kingdoms that set up against it will fail. So change directions. And so the kingdom of God is about that. The kingdom of God is invading in time and space. Jesus kicked off this invasion of God's kingdom into time and space. And so we see these previews of of the way things are going to be. Because God has a vision and he says that when it's all said and done, there's no more pandemics, there's no more sickness, uh, there's no more fear, there's no more tears, there's no more division, uh, all the things that hamper us and go, I mean, all those things will be gone. The lion will lay down with the lamb, you know, uh, there's no more pain, um, there's no more shame, uh, you know, everything is right and we're with God and Love reigns there. And it's just, that's the thing is that that's the place, God's vision, that's where it's headed. And so the kingdom of God is important because that means that God's kingdom is, is slowly superseding in coming over the kingdom of this world. And you say, well, why didn't God just do it all at once? Well, a lot, you know, if you ever in a speedboat, if you rip that wheel real quick, you know, people pop out, right? And so God, over a period of time, has decided that he would invade with his goodness, invade with his kingdom, and then eventually where we're headed is that all of things are made right through Christ. And then, you know, the next thing that we see is, is that, you know, as a priority is we see that worship is a priority. And so not just what we did earlier by singing with our voices, but with our lives. that That we submit to God with our lives, with all that we are. That we we worship in life and in song with all that we are. It means that that I worship Him. It means that all that I am is for Him, and I and I want to please Him with with how that I live, um, how that I interact with other people, the way that I am in my marriage, the way that I am at my job, the way that I run my business, um, the way that I party, uh, you know, the way that I treat other people, the, you know, all those things. Like, how can all of this worship you, God? everything for you, that's worship. And what's powerful is when we live lives of worship, then when we come together like this, we experience more of God's presence. Because that's our highest goal as a church, is God's presence. Like the people that come here, we love so much, but the VIP is always the Holy Spirit. This is all for him. We Like when we gather like this, we really believe that, What we're singing is not bouncing off the ceiling or the walls, but that he's hearing it. That's why um, uh, when you hear the songs that we sing, we try to sing songs that are to God. We do sing about him some, but you'll notice sometimes, like when a song goes more intimate and it's singing to him, that something kind of shifts. Why? Because we're singing to him and he responds. So worship isn't even about us. It's about him and it's all for him. But when we sing to him, he responds and then we benefit from that by his presence. So worship is, is one of those main priorities that we have. The, other, the next main priority is compassion. <clears throat> and so all throughout the New Testament, you see Jesus show compassion on people. You see many times it'll say, then Jesus showed compassion upon them or looked upon them with compassion. And so we... Do that as a church. Like, I can't remember any time, uh, you know, I've been here three and a half years. I can't remember any time where there's been a need in this church or community that we've said, nah, like when someone's in need or needs something or needs rent or, or needs food or needs help or needs counseling or like, we, we just don't do it. Why? Because we show compassion upon people because, because look at how he's treated us. And so we do that. We show compassion upon all people. Now, expressions of, of our community or faith are these. Hospital, community, school, and army. So like this place, right? Hospital. I will tell you this. This can make or break a church, whether it really reaches a community or not. Is whether the people that are already a part of the church per se um actually are real with their real lives you know and uh so in other words like when it means that like when you're struggling with something you, like you bring it up like hey i need help or hey i've i've fallen into sin in this area i'm 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 doing this and in, in the, the the quicker that a church actually like has a culture of people that that when they get off track because we all do, we all are capable of doing absolutely anything. Embrace that. Everyone is absolutely capable of doing anything you can possibly think of. And so when we actually realize that, then we're not so about like because. We can think that people, what people want to see is like perfect people. No, they don't. That's not it. And like just a perfect, pristine, like clean life. That's just not, that's not really attractive. And the problem is that if people come in, then that's what they follow too. And it's like, okay, what I'm supposed to do is like, I'm supposed to, even though I'm hurting, even though I mess up, even though I have these problems, even though I have these struggles, I'm just supposed to put like a, you know, everything's good. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. (laughs) It was good. Nothing wrong with that statement. But I'm just saying, when you're really struggling to put that forward, that's not what it's like. So, so a church that actually <clears throat> is permeable and people that are broken and have things going on that they want to come into and can go into, in which I think we embody this pretty well, but I say, let's go further. Because there's too many times um, that we all let things get to a certain point. In our lives, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, why don't you come talk to me earlier? Like, let's talk earlier about these things. So it's being able to say, like, hey, I'm struggling. I've got these things going on. I need help. Being a hospital. So it's not just like this thing of like, hey, all you people that are hurting out there, come to the church because we've got it together. We're going to help you. No, it's saying, like, hey, come and be amongst, amongst a bunch of wounded healers. Come and be amongst people that, that are, that are hurting, have hurt and all these things come and experience that. Right. Come, come and be broken. And then, and then too, you know, it, it talks about a community. Like that's why we're doing our, our 30 days of community is, is because it's hard to do these things if you don't know each other. And so we're leaning in, getting amongst other people. And then, uh, you know, you've got school. So, I've learned more about leadership and business and all sorts of things in the church than lots of other places. About money, all sorts of things. Why? Because it's in the Bible. Because the one that created all these things teaches those things. So we teach about all sorts of different things for life. Primarily, we teach them within the context of relationship. Because if we have healthy relationships with one another and with God, then we can probably succeed pretty well in life. And so it's a school not just in classroom, like a classroom setting, but we do all sorts of training classes and different things to help one another. Like that grow card that Erica brought up. I put one of those in there because, um, that's just not for new people. Like I've realized that we need a way for all of us to be able to communicate. This is what I need. And so the concept is grow here. So you want to be in a growing relationship with Jesus. You want to be in a growing relationship with your spouse, a growing relationship with your kids. And so if you look at that, that form, it would kind of say, well, wh- where do I need? Where am I at? Well, uh, I'm at a place of where I need to, you know, um, get into a group or get into a class or, or you know what, I really need care. <clears throat> I, need to meet, I need to meet with the pastor or one of the leaders or I need, I need counseling or I, I need I, I'm I'm a new Christian. I want to find out what it means to follow Jesus. Like you know, what are those things? And then, or I need to serve. Those things are on there. That's as far as a school. And then, and then there's army, right? So army is like it's not like you know uh, an army in the sense of like we're going around and and you know uh, you know fighting a, a, like a physical war. That's not the point. The point is though is one thing that an army does is that you know they go through and they declare you know, who's really in charge. They declare that the battle is over. They declare about the hope that's there. And so that's what the, the the church does is, is we go after anything that, um, that, that goes against, uh, like keeping people from being who God made them to be. You know, anything that has the fingerprints of God on it, that's going to set people free and help them live the lives that they're going to, that, that God had for them. We go and take part in. So think about the church as an army. We've seen it. Uh, time and time again, when people need in this community or this church or places, the church is an army to come together, but it is to declare what's really real. That's one of the biggest things that people need today is like, what, what is really real? And then an army does that an army comes in because, um, like the people, our church and the people in this community, we we've, we've started to see, uh, a dent, into this community, into Kansas city. We're seeing it. And I'm seeing that in other places. I think God's doing something um, special here. Um, not that he hasn't done it in other places, but like the timing is right. And, um, but God spoke to me a couple years ago and he said, Cody, you know, if you really want to see community transformation where you see the whole community transformed um, this, this kind, you know, only comes out like Jesus spoke to his disciples by prayer and fasting. In other words, like if you really want to see this happen, if you really want to see that, then it's not just doing the activity of doing that, of serving the poor, proclaiming the gospel, doing those things, but it's actually through leaning in in prayer and doing that ahead of time. And, and, and last year, we saw us move forward in in reach people in ways that we hadn't seen in the several years before. And I think one of those reasons is, is because we gathered monthly to pray. We're going to continue to do that. Like we have a fourth, fourth Wednesday of the month. We have a prayer meeting and then we encourage prayer throughout the church because prayer is saying, God, we want to partner with you in this. We're not just saying, God, go do it, but make us the people that would be able to do these things. So that's what happens with an army. The next thing is, 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 is church planning. So like out of the giving that we all give, um, 3% of our of our, um, of our giving actually goes to Vineyard USA, the associative churches we're a part of to help start and plant new churches. And then also too, uh, like as a church plant, we're 10 years old. We haven't planted a church yet out of this church. We're going to, I don't know exactly when, but we're going to be intentional about it and say, God, who will we send out out of this church to plant a church? Because the people that started this church, it, it took incredible faith and, and sacrifice and all sorts of things to do this. And so we have, we like to think that this church was born pregnant. You know, what are the churches that are going to come out of this one? And so it may be one of you. You know, you may go plant a church in, in such and such a place, maybe, maybe around Kansas City or maybe in another state or, or another country. But we want to do that. Uh, and then the other thing is, is, is too, is, is um, church development, uh, and and so when I when we talk about that, is we're talking about like we're just not focused on this church. Like I meet with groups of pastors throughout this community and throughout this city, and we do things to serve and help other churches, uh, so that they can develop that actually don't bring any benefit back to us. You know, so, so um I, as a leader go and help other churches and help other people and, and other pastors help me too. And it doesn't benefit the, the their church. Why? Because we want the whole church to do well. We want to move within that. And then, you know, the last thing is this, is Jesus is the head, right? Jesus is the head of all of this. And so we're focused on making disciples and equipping the sense saints. So here's the difference. Okay and this is, you may be saying, well, okay, how do I take part? How do I take part in this whole thing? Um, is this, is that decide that you're a student, decide that you're a disciple because it's different than attending, right? Because it's saying this person, Jesus that walked around and changed everything around him when he was the center. It's saying, okay, Jesus, I'm your student. Show me how to do that. Show me how to live my life the way that you would live my life. And and don't just push that away and say, well, yeah, yeah, I'm doing that. But really settle that and say, yes, I am a disciple of his. I am a student of his. Because then you say, okay, what do you want to teach me? What are we doing? Where are we going? And a prayer for us for this year is this. Psalm 25, verse four through five is this. And so if that's you, if you're saying, you know what? I want to make sure I want to be a disciple because Jesus didn't say, hey, go and make converts. He said, go and make disciples. In other words, people that actually follow and become like Jesus, right? No pressure. But that's, what, that's the message of Christianity is that you will become like Jesus. That's God's work in your life, is he will make you like this person, Jesus, we're talking about. So Psalm 25, verse 4 through 5, make this your prayer for 2022 and for your life, really. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths, your ways of doing things. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Let's read this out loud together. If you're comfortable, you don't have to. That's the other thing is we teach things. We don't make anybody do anything, but let's read this out loud together. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Yeah, you guys are good readers. you be beautiful. Than me there, so that's it. That's it. We say more, Lord. We we want to do more with you, um, this year in 2022. And you know the amazing thing about the community of Jesus is that it's for everybody. Everybody can come in. And so if you're looking for purpose in 2022, if you're looking for impact in 2022, if you're looking for meaning in 2022, if you're looking for real life, if you're looking for freedom in 2022, it's found in Jesus. Put all in on him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for your care for us. Chris, thank you for... um the strength that you give us, Lord. We uh, um, as we look at this, as we look at what you accomplish, Jesus. As we look at what you did and what you do through people, God, we're we're just uh, um, we're in awe of what you do. Like all the things that we want to see happen in the world, and in all the governments talk about Jesus, we saw happen in a microcosm with you, and and then we see it in local churches all throughout. And we don't want to get in the way whatsoever, God. And so, Lord, we we, we do pray that we ask. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to vkcwest.com.